listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara. Before we jump in, like we do in every episode because we're terrible at banter, um, we just want to take a quick moment to thank you and to thank everyone who listens and everyone who has shared Draw Near, whether that's just by word of mouth or you're sharing it on social media with, you know, your friends, your family, or strangers, maybe. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> but Fred and I are kind of bad at self-promotion. Yeah, it's not our strong suit to do anything that's like promoting ourselves. To So it, it's been amazing and overwhelming and honestly humbling to see how much Draw Near has grown just kind yeah. of on its own. It's and, only been four months, I think. Right. Yeah, it means a lot to us, you know, that, that you all are, are finding this a podcast worth listening to and you're sharing. And um, I encourage you, because we're so bad at self-promotion um if if you find any value in the in this podcast it would it would help uh us to just leave a review Mm -hmm. like a share so but again can't thank you enough Uh, the encouragement we've received uh means the world to us so yeah and we do read those we do read those comments and those reviews and they really do mean a lot to us but at the same time i think fred and i both want you guys to know that we would do this if we only had one listener. Yes. So yeah. we appreciate you listening to our terrible banter and to, yeah. you know, us just talking about Jesus. We just like having conversations about Jesus with the intention of drawing you closer to Christ. But we would do it if it was just you. Mm-hmm. If we knew that it was just one person who was drawing closer to Christ and growing in their spirituality. Yeah. So we just really appreciate you guys. Kara, yeah. I'm always surprised that anybody would want to listen to me. I always make the terrible joke. Time off of purgatory for listening to me talk. Oh, really? Yeah. I am going right to heaven then if that's the case. <laughs> that is a sick burn, Kara. But I'm sure it's true. Yeah, you've served your time after five years of listening to me talk. So, yeah. uh, But anyways, yeah, it, it means the world to us. All of you do. And we pray for you. We pray for this podcast. And we just appreciate you listening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so today is Ash Wednesday. So the beginning of the Lenten season, and by now, I feel like you guys have probably heard homilies, maybe even other podcasts that are about Lent or about, you know, Lenten sacrifice. And so we get this question, what are you doing during Lent? Or maybe what are you giving up during Lent? And we're going to kind of talk about that just a little bit. But if we ask this question or we get asked this question, I feel like there has to be a follow-up question. So it's like, what are you doing for Lent? What are you giving up for Lent? There has to be, why are you doing that for Lent? Because I feel like this is the heart, not what we're doing, but why we're doing it. Because if the answer is simply, that's what we do. It's Lent. Mm, right. We we yeah. fast. We give something up. We sacrifice. It's just it's just Lent. Yeah. Then I don't think we're really reaching the heart of that. Right, Kara. I'm reminded of. Catholics I knew before I myself was a Catholic and you know they would they would do things like they'd give up pop for Lent Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. coke for our Georgia listeners you know soda for (laughs) others depending on where you are it has a different name but but I would ask that question like why do you do that well because I'm Catholic and we give something up for Lent and that seemed confusing to me like why why Mm -hmm. why give up cherry coke right not that giving up pop might be something that is intentional for you maybe right. that is something that you struggle with is you have an addiction to soda mm-hmm. and so maybe that is something that is kind of like blocking growth and spirituality right but i think having a reason and reflecting on the why can really be a beautiful witness so it, it why if 
blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so if somebody asks us, why are you doing that? It's more than just, well, because I'm Catholic, but rather I really want to grow closer to Christ and sometimes I rely more on pop. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. it's. You see, that, that's a good answer. And that that answer would have, I don't know, that answer might have even have set me on a different path a little sooner because mm-hmm. there's substance there. But, but the answer that I would often get is just like the opening scene in Fiddler on the Roof. You know, why do we do this? I don't know. I Tradition. haven't seen it. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> you have to add that one to the list, yes, too. We you have do. a I think, growing list. Yeah, I think you're on, I don't know, maybe 201. We're, if you like musicals, Kara, that, let's let's put that. I do like the, musicals. You I would love like this movie. I have okay. it. You can borrow it. But okay. the listeners probably know what I'm talking about. They're, they're <laughs> appealing to a tradition, but they don't know why they do it. And so it, we need to be able to answer that question, why. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the what and maybe give some practical things, but really tie in the why we do certain things in Lent. Um, I'm sure, you know, theological stuff is going to get thrown in, but we have a previous podcast. It's called Come Follow Me, and I'll link it in the show notes. But if you want more of that theological, spiritual side to Lent, I encourage you to go and listen to that, even if you've already listened to it. Go and re-listen to it with kind of a Lenten lens. Yeah, it might even be a a good one to to listen to over and over again throughout Mm -hmm. Lent because those of you that did listen to it previously, if you remember, we talked about the importance of dropping the net and how that helps us to follow the Lord. And really, Lent is a season all about helping us to drop the net, which means basically letting go of those things that hinder us and following Christ and drawing near to Him. Um, Yeah. Let's start with just some practical things that either in the past have helped us and and we've given up and that's helped us to grow closer to Christ. Maybe some duds that we thought, like, I wanted to give this up and by the end of Easter, I was still doing that. And (laughs) what was the whole point? Um, And then maybe some things that um, could just help our listeners to reflect and pray about something that they might be able to give up. Mm. So... um, I will say this, one of mine, one of my duds was sweets. I decided to give up sugar, but I didn't have a reason for giving up sugar. It was more along the lines of like, okay, I eat a lot of sugar. Maybe I can lose five pounds during Lent because I'm going to give up sugar. There was no intentionality there. There was no prayer there. And I feel like by the end of Lent, I didn't really do a very good job. I told myself, Sunday isn't counted in the 40 days. I can eat sugar. And then it was like, and maybe Monday and Tuesday. So that was definitely one of my duds. That's I've done that a couple of times and it's been hit and miss. So there was one one Lent where I did, I, I gave up sweets I love sweets a lot, so I mean that was uh, that was kind of a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. And I got so much out of it. I went for seven whole months. But there were other times I did it, and you know, you allow those allowances, like oh Sunday, oh birthdays, holidays. A lot of birthdays in our house are yeah. during Lent. Um, and so by the end of Lent, I'm like, wow, I didn't really do anything. I just kind of approached <laughs> it as a as a you know, well, I've got to give up something. Just like we're talking about Tevia from Fiddler on the Roof at the beginning. Um, I I just did it because, well, I've got to give up something. And there was no intention, no why behind it. So I've had mixed kind of experiences in doing that as well. I will say, if you're listening, you have kids and you've never given up sweets for Lent, it's difficult to give up sweets for Lent when you have children, I think. Yeah. Um, We have birthdays, like four 
birthdays in the first four months of the year. Right. So that would be really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And plus you I got like the, cake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> plus you got the feast days in there. So um, yeah. So what are some good experiences? What are some things that you gave up that really helped in your yeah, spirituality? I think probably one of my favorite Lenten sacrifices was something we we approached as a family. The whole family decided, I think it was actually the, the kids' idea, they decided they wanted to give up screens for Lent. Mm-hmm. So no TV, no no tablets, no computers, unless it was directly related to work or, or school. Uh, it was kind of what the compromise we all made. But, you know, I, I thought it would be very difficult because they're kids. Kids like screens. I mean, that's just part of culturally, that's where right. we are. But they were so excited about it. We even went so far as we packed away the TV. We packed away the video games. And it was really kind of neat over that time to see how things changed in the house. I think the house became much more peaceful because with with screens out the window, social media is going to go out the window as well, largely. Um, and with, the, with those safe, clearly laid out parameters of unless it's work or school, it... it kept the cheating to almost none. And we also packed everything away. And it was just nice to see how the family grew closer together through, well, they played board games more during that time. They created their own board games during that time. They spent more time reading, uh, actually a lot of time reading, and several of them would write their own books and illustrate them. And it was just kind of neat to see that. And we spent more quality time together as a family and certainly prayed more. And that was something that continued for, you know, after well after Lent. When Lent was over, nobody asked for the video games, so I never got them out. So, mm-hmm. like that, we did bring out the TV event after Lent, but um, but the video games and all that, they, they stayed packed away for about a year and a half. And it was kind of neat to see what the Lord did in our lives as a family during that time because of that sacrifice we made. I love that. I love that it's a family thing, too. Yeah, we, we always take that approach. We generally, for our Lenten sacrifices, we approach it as a family because it, it helps because, one, we're encouraging each other, but we're also keeping each other accountable. And then if individuals in our house want to do something additional, they're free to do that mm-hmm. uh, as well. And I know I typically do, but that that's one that stands out to me. Uh, there's another year we did the... Um, some people might be familiar with this, the 40 bags for 40 days. I was just going to uh, say that one because we did that it, one too. Yeah the, yeah, the spring cleaning ties into Lent. You know, getting rid of those things that are un- unwanted, getting rid of those things that are broken, getting rid of those things that we're attached to. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of spiritual connections yeah. that you can see there as well, c- manifesting themselves in a sense in a physical way. So kind of purging our house of those things. Plus... A lot of that stuff was getting donated. So it's kind of a natural way of doing the Lenten almsgiving that we're asked to do during that season. Right. We're talking about that as a practical thing, but then the why behind it can be different for everybody. The intention can be different for everybody. But I think clearing out that space, maybe, Fred, you always use the term um, 
I've heard you use the term life weeds. So maybe you can explain what that is because sometimes just having all of this junk that's just cluttering our house can really clutter our minds and our like spiritual life. Like I have to go sort this. And so I don't have time to sit here for 15 minutes and pray with Jesus because I have too much stuff just in my house. Yeah. I I want to give credit here. This this concept of life weeds, this comes from uh, a minimalist blog Uh, called No Sidebar. Um, But I I think this is a good way of articulating the concept, and I I think it it fits the season of Lent well. Um, And of course, talking about minimalist things, clutter is kind of the thing they're talking about. But uh, when we tie it back to the come follow me thing we mentioned earlier, the idea of things getting caught in our net, and there are many things in our lives that that clutter us and, and clutter our mind, clutter our spiritual lives, clutter us in a natural sense. And those things can tend to hinder us from accomplishing and achieving uh, the end for which we were created. So uh, just like in the natural sense where weeds kind of creep in sneakily, if you will, and they choke out of the things that are most important, it's, it's kind of the same thing. You know, they, they may be obligations. They may be attachments to, well, just one more episode you know, right, they, yeah. mm-hmm. if we consider like, what's a weed? What does a weed do? Well, it's it's unwanted. It's per- prolific. It's persistent. It uh, competes. It takes away nutrients and what's needed uh, for what should be flourishing. You know, it it doesn't bear fruit. It looks like a plant, right? Many weeds are pretty, but they don't actually bear fruit in the useful sense. Right. Uh, oftentimes, weeds are parasitic. They, they rob from things that are of greater importance. What I'm getting at with all this is those things in our life that we allow clutter our lives and rob us of our ultimate end, which is we're getting to the why here with this, Kara. Mm-hmm. What we're actually after is walking with Christ more fully, more closely, to know him, love him, and serve him. Uh, St. Ignatius says the, our purpose is to, uh, it's for the praise of God and the salvation of souls, right? So all these things, just like weeds, tend to choke out that purpose. We let our lives get overrun with those weeds. Lent is really a time for us to really dig in and pull those weeds out. Uh, and it's important to remember, and Kara, I'm sure you're going to touch on this, um, and, they, and they make this point in the blog. Kara, if we could put this in the show notes, I sure. think that'd be a good idea. Um, some weeds take courage to pull. So some things are going to be harder to overcome. Some things are going to be harder for us to root out. Don't start with those weeds. Yeah. Right? Like, for example, if I'm one that has trouble sitting through 30 minutes of adoration and I commit to, for this Lent, I'm going to spend an hour in adoration every day, but I'm only used to spending a half hour in adoration once or twice a year, that might be a might be difficult. We much. might not be there yet. Yeah. So, so there is a sense of growing that's needed there, and that's the thing too. Just like with pulling weeds, you know, start with those small ones, and it, it, it you're going to grow in the courage you need and the strength um, to to pull out those bigger things. So I'm going to tie this to a Lenten to do list too, because we have these life weeds or this life clutter that can sometimes keep us from the nutrients in our spiritual life, the light that we need for the why, the getting to heaven. But at the same time, sometimes we get so ambitious during Lent that it's like we have 
Lenten weeds or Lenten clutter that is going to make it really hard for us to do something well. And I'm talking about what are you giving up for Lent? What are you doing for Lent? Because we have all of these things that we want to give up or all of these things that we want to add. At least I do. Maybe I'm speaking from my own experience. I don't know if everybody does. <laughs> no, I, I'm the same way, Kara. And I, I could I'll, give you a list of 20 things I want to do this Lent. Yes, yeah. But is that realistic? Exactly. So I think... Um, finding what might be the clutter. And I don't know if that's the right word for something that we want to do intentionally that's holy. But I think if we try and add too many things or try and give up too many things, it can kind of become overwhelming. And then we don't do those things well, or we don't do those things with the intentionality that we need in order to allow them to bring us closer to Christ, because it's just too much. So that would be one of my practical tips is really prayerfully discerning what's that one thing I'm going to give up or that one thing I'm going to add. Yeah, Kara, I'm reminded of uh, this quote came up in our episode on prayer that we did with Matt Leonard, but it was either St. Teresa of Avila, I think it was St. Teresa of Avila had, had said that, you know, one, our father prayed with fervent devotion is worth more than a million rosaries or right. something something to that effect. Right. It's kind of the same idea with what you're talking about here with getting too many things on our plate as we go into the season. I'm kind right. of bad at that just in my own life. I have always just been this way where I say yes to a lot of things before I look at do I even have time to do all of that? And having said yes and having made a commitment, I just start feeling really run down. And I have found actually now that some of my time is free that I'm trying to find a hobby that I like to do. Mm. And my hobbies are getting overrun. It's like, oh, I like DIY <laughs> crafts. and I like making not rosaries and reading and baking. And then I started <laughs> getting stressed about mm. something that should be bringing me joy and re allowing me right. to recharge. Yeah. I started getting stressed because I'm like, I don't have time to do all my hobbies. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we have to like look at it the same right. way with... Lent. We can't right. do everything. We just can't. Mm. Right. But make a list and maybe do it next Lent. Right. Yeah, Kara, a couple things um, come to mind. And I'm, I'm going back to what you mentioned earlier about Lenten sacrifices from the past and Lents that have been particularly meaningful. You know, 2020 felt like the longest Lent ever for all of us. Yeah. We're still in <laughs> Lent of 2020. Who are we kidding? Um, but, you know, I got to say, that time away from all the obligations and all the things that weighed us down. Because sometimes, I don't know, maybe there's somebody listening that the thing the Lord might be calling you to give up this Lent might be all some of those things you've said yes to that are, that are draining you, right. robbing you of life because you're just stretched too thin. And they may be good and holy things, perhaps, but Jesus says, what good is if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? And, you know, it, it, it kind of applies here. So when I look back at 2020, that, that time of, okay, okay, didn't have the dance classes, didn't have this appointment, didn't have that. Mm -hmm. It was kind of refreshing. And I think it was really a moment to say, stop and reset. And I think every Lent is a moment like that. Every Lent is an opportunity for us to hit the reset button, if you will. And I think we need to be open to that going into Lent. Every Lent. Right. So if you have a list like this, how do we decide 
which one is the one I really want to intentionally focus on? And I think this is getting to the why. What are you giving up? Why are you giving it up? I actually had to bring this to spiritual direction because I was so excited about all of these different prayer things I wanted to try this Lent and, and reflections and this one, this is what I want to give up, but I also think I could give up this. And my spiritual director asked me one question for every single thing. And he said, how will that bring you closer to God? And he wanted me to walk through each thing that I presented and ask myself, how is that going to bring me closer to God? And I think to reverse the question is what right now is keeping you from God? So if something on your list is something that you are attached to, to the point where that's keeping you from God. And maybe it is something like sweets. Maybe you do have a sugar addiction or a pop addiction and it's keeping you from God because it's the point where we're relying on that as opposed to relying on God. Maybe that mm. is true. Or intentionally looking at our motivation. Like I said, when I gave up sweets and it was a dud Lent because it was like, hmm, maybe I can like lose some weight. That was not a very good intention on my part. And so really looking at that and looking at those things that you are considering and ask yourself, is this keeping me from God? And would giving that up bring me closer to God this Lent? Because that's what Lent is about. Mm -hmm. Lent is about preparing for his passion, death, and his resurrection. And so in our life and in our Lenten season, we need to have Christ come alive. We need to have him resurrect in our life and in our heart. And if that's not what we're aiming at, if that's not our why, you know, let's reevaluate. Yeah. And so you listening today, you you may have already decided uh, what your what sacrifices you're making for Lent, what you're doing for Lent, or maybe you haven't, or maybe some part of this discussion already has you kind of reevaluating what you had decided, uh, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to realize it's okay if you don't even yet know uh, what you're going to give up for Lent, what you're doing for Lent. It's Ash Wednesday, but that's okay. Um, you know what is most important, and I think this is the key to understanding Lent as well, what is most important is how you finish. Right. Uh, if you realize you've taken on more than you can handle or perhaps too little, if you realize the sacrifice you have chosen won't necessarily accomplish the goal of ultimately helping you draw closer to Christ, ultimately helping you be have a deeper intimacy and communion with Him, to know Him, love Him, and serve Him better, it is okay to go a new direction. You might even find that happens a, a few times. You know, I think during Lent we can feel like giving up uh, on living the penitential spirit of the season because we can be discouraged. Oh, I haven't been keeping my, my Lenten sacrifices the way I wanted to. You know, uh, we can feel like we're constantly failing and just no good at Lent. The thing is, no one's really good at Lent. That's kind of the point. It's something you you grow into, you get better at, you you go from strength to strength and grace to grace. Now, the flip side of this is if you think you are good at Lent, then you're probably not choosing the right penances. You're probably not making the right sacrifices. Like if I were to give up mushrooms for right. Lent, <laughs> there's no sacrifice in that. Because I hate mushrooms. <laughs> Sounds like you do as well, Kara. Unless they're so, on a steak, a nice steak. <laughs> yeah. If they're chopped so thin that I can't see them, taste them, or know they exist... Uh, you might be able to trick me, but I just don't like them. Yeah. So that's no sacrifice. That said, there's no way that mushrooms are hindering my growth in relationship with Christ. However, 
the fact that I wake up in the morning, this is hypothetical, the fact that I may wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is check my social media on my phone. Right. Rather than giving praise to God, rather than saying, thank you, Lord, uh, for giving me another day of life, that could be a good indicator that maybe that phone and whatever way I need to work out with, you know, requirements of work and school and whatnot, maybe that is what's actually hindering my walk. And maybe that's the thing I need to give up for Lent. So I kind of want to give practical ideas of here's something you might want to add. This is not an extensive list and this is not the right list, if that makes sense. Because you have to prayerfully discern what is that thing that is keeping you from God? And what is that thing that you need to do this Lent that is going to help you to grow spiritually? But one thing that Fred and I always say when we talk about angels, and this is something I did last Lent, and it was by far my favorite Lent, is I prayed to my guardian angel during Lent, and I asked him to humiliate me interiorly. I love this (laughs) Lenten edition. Mm. It's to pray to your guardian angel for them to humiliate you interiorly. That doesn't mean you know, make me fall down the steps or right. something that's just going to like be yeah. super embarrassing. Make me go to work and forget my pants. You yeah, know, nothing like that's that. that's not yeah. what it means. It yeah. means allowing your guardian angel to prompt you, to help you in your spiritual life, to point out those things that are impeding your spiritual growth. Like maybe mm-hmm. in this moment, I was extremely prideful. My guardian angel is going to be like, hey, you were really prideful. You were wrong in this. And then that's going to allow me to reflect on that and improve for next time. Yeah, that's a good point, Kara, because like many things in the Catholic life, we have to begin with the end in mind. And Lent really does invite us to begin with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. What's our end? It's ultimately union with Christ. And God has given us a helper to help us accomplish that. And our guardian angel knows us better than ourselves. Yes. Again, we did. We talked about this in a previous episode. But yeah, he's there to help you and to uh, help you to grow in this uh, grace and strength that you need to, to have a good Lent. Yeah, another tip might be um, doing the examine prayer. There's a really easy app on your phone to do the examine prayer. And basically, it just kind of walks you through, where did you see God today? I think that's a really intentional thing to do during Lent is to just invite God into each moment. If this all seems really overwhelming, say a Hail Mary before you go to bed. Maybe yeah. that maybe that's yeah. your prayer. Kara, yeah. I know somebody that their Lenten devotion, the thing they did, the thing they added was they learned the Memorare. Love it. He said, I, I don't know the Memorare. And so that was my... Lenten devotion. I'm going to learn that prayer. I'm going to know it by heart, and I'm going to pray it well by the end of Lent. I did that three years ago. That was my Lenten Mm. thing as well. I didn't know it, and now I say it all the time. I love that prayer. Yeah, I I think that it can be that simple. And and you might even find that that is the very thing that gives you the best Lent ever. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, It's praying the memorare from your heart. And so, yeah, I encourage you. It can be that simple. Yeah. With the end goal in mind, as Fred has mentioned, thinking of what we're made for and where we're going, we ultimately want union with God. We ultimately want to inherit heaven. And we can participate in that now on earth and how we praise him and how we enter into this intimate friendship with him. So I think that's something we have to consider with our Lenten sacrifice. How is what we are giving up or what we are adding bringing us closer to Christ? And 
I'm in a, a young adult woman's book study. Absolutely love this book study. If any of you are listening, shout out. I love you, ladies. And right now we are going through the book, The Great Divorce. And in this book, um, there are people who take a bus ride up to heaven and they're going to kind of get a tour of heaven. We're just right at the beginning, but we got through the, the portion where these people are on the bus and then they exit the bus and they're in heaven. And one of the girls in my Bible study asked the question, what is keeping you from getting on the bus? Because in this book, there's a line of those waiting to get on the bus to go to our heaven and just randomly, sporadically, people start leaving. There's a couple who's arguing and they're like, never mind. And they they leave the waiting line and they walk away. And then there are these two men who get in a fist fight. And it's just honestly seemingly random things that are like pulling people away from essentially heaven. And so this girl asked, what is keeping you from getting on the bus? So if that's an easier way for you to visualize it, to think about what's keeping me from God, and maybe that's what I need to give up, visualize that bus to heaven because that's our end goal is to get to heaven and ask yourself, what's stopping me from getting on the bus?